What's up, guys? Welcome to Fitter Food Radio. This is episode 184, and it's me, Matt Whitmore, and... Me. You. I just did a big slurp of my drink. I was hoping no one heard it as we as you hit record. So is the way. It's, it was a so bit hot, so I kind of went... <laughs> nice. Nice. Put people off. It's not the most welcoming sound, is it? I must admit, when I wear my AirPods, like, you forget, like, how much the air, the AirPods pick up oh, sound-wise. you chewing when you've got your AirPods in is grim. I, know. I shouldn't really answer the phone when I'm eating anyway. I should it, be, more, it, it, should be that, mindful and if, eat my meal. If you go back to, you know, when we actually had telephones, it's almost as if if you were holding a hand, like a telephone handset, it's like you were, you'd be pressing your lips and chomping into the speaker. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. It picks like. up everything, doesn't yeah. it? But, like, you can even hear the moisture and everything. So I'm just like, Matt, please, just put the phone down, finish your dinner, and then yeah. call me back. Yeah, I'll call, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, well, you know, there's a lesson there, you know. Do you think other people get, because we get really angry at each other, don't we, about the background noise when we're on our AirPods? Like, you know, that there'll be a, like, even something like a, a baby crying or traffic or something. Yeah. And you'll all be like, Jesus, where, where are you? Get out, get out. Yeah, it's so loud. But you know, there's a new... But you, we get irritated with each other. Like, I know, like it's our fault. Go into a room with soundproofed walls, for God's sake, and call me yeah. back. <laughs> but there is a new feature. I think it's a new feature, or I've just only found out about it. Like if you're on the phone, it's on an iPhone anyway. Yeah. Um, if you're on the phone, you can bring up like the settings thing and then you can press a button that kind of, I think it's called like voice isolation or something. Oh, so and I think, it puts out the background. Yeah. Okay. So I wonder if there was a complaint. It's like, you know, I literally cannot speak to anyone unless they are in a, a dead silent environment. Because even when like... You can hear the person speaking there. That's not the problem, is it? It's just in but, amongst but, but the amplified back, background noise. Background noise is so loud, yeah. yeah. Like if you're walking along the road, so say I call you... And you're walking along the like the main road here. Yeah, no, it's like and then the cars. It's like oh my god, it's, it's like Formula One racing, yeah. isn't it? It's not like it's just the school run. It's it's why is it yeah. why is it so damn loud? And it's just but the thing is now we're quite I'm quite used to it, so I just kind of like. But at first, it used to be really annoying. I know. And again, like, when I was in Portugal, it was lovely because there was hardly anything. I'd be yeah. walking down these really quiet lanes down to the sea and stuff, and yeah, it was always like oh, it's fine. But it does make you realise, actually, one of the books I've got is, um, it's about silence. Um, it's written by the, I have to think of the author, I'll look it up in a second. But I, his first book I read was about walking, and mm-hmm. I read it a couple of years ago. I put it on social media, and I loved it. And it was about the history of walking and walking for your mental health. He's walked to the North Pole, like, several times over and talks about why he why he loves these kind of big treks, how... He's done it a few occasions when there's been, like, a big life change for him. Right. I think he got divorced and a few other things. And um, so he writes about them. But his latest book, Silence, is about when he does walk to a place like the North Pole, just there's nothing. No. And and he talks about how you don't realise how noisy life is all the time now. Like, it's almost become a default setting for us. Yeah. And I know, like, some people need noise to fall asleep don't they yeah. like white noise and things like that i've got people i've got clients who say they listen to rain and jungle noises and things to actually relax but, but do you do you remember when we first moved here to tunbridge wells you know from living on the south circular in in, in southeast london yeah it was just like a hum in the background all the time wasn't it and i even said to you like i almost found when we first moved here i found the silence quite unsettling I was almost like, this is eerily quiet to me. Yeah. Like, you know, like of an evening, it's like you just, you didn't hear a thing. 
And it took me a, a while to get used to it. I was almost like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. But you're city born and bred, aren't you? You've yeah. only ever lived like a stone's throw from... Well, I used to live literally out garden, backed onto the, the A2. Oh, don't. I'll start worrying about your lung oh, oh. pollution. Oh, don't. Yeah, but no, it, this, all the research is coming out now. They're linking lots of, like, you know, poor lung function with age back to you grew up in a city... And there's nothing you can do about nothing it. Nothing I can do about it, by No, that's, that's wrong, actually. There is something you can do oh, about okay, it. Yeah. As of now, you yeah, can... Yeah, this, yeah, but there's nothing I can do about my past. No, It's no. been and gone. No. That subject's come up a few times, actually, on um, client sessions, where clients have told me about things in their past. Everything from, like, they were C-section born or mm-hmm. not breastfed or... Um, antibiotic treatment um even recently <clears throat> two clients have mentioned having IVF and then like the effect it's had on their health and like they're so stressed about it and, and I, I one the, my first line is like honestly the the stress that you're feeling about this situation is more harmful right now yeah than something that you can't change um yeah it's interesting and actually because it's the end of the year I've been doing a bit of kind of thinking about stuff and I said to you I think for a long time I don't know, when it comes to, I think one of the problems for, for me personally and for, for lots of people when it comes to, like, your your kind of emotional health, going off on a tangent here, <laughs> I can see you, like, glazing over. <laughs> Another where, one. Where are we going? But is that we get... I do love that in five minutes we've gone from AirPods to to silence to pollution to lung function know, to well, it's, it's, C-section. <laughs> it's Monday morning. We don't morning. mess about. It's Monday morning. The brain is busy. It's Monday morning. Chris has been for a run. She's caffeinated yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. She's like, let's have I'm it. I'm probably on the top floor. I need to come down a few floors, don't I? Yeah. You know, because I say that it's like the the day is like your elevator and you take it up and up and up and up with your stress and your caffeine and exercise like stimulation. Yeah. And then it's really important to come down floor by floor, probably from about three o'clock onwards, like start bringing it down. Ready for the, yeah, for the night time. Yeah, the evening. Otherwise you get head hit pillow and you're like, no, oh, I'm absolutely wired. Anyway... Just going back. Reflections and that. Yeah. So I was just thinking that it's the end of the year. And one of the things that I'm taking away from this year is how much I've allowed, I think, the past to determine my present. Mm. And that's past in terms of like it influences my interpretation of the present so much. And I know this having had like lots of I've had uh, cognitive behavioral therapy and somatic therapy sessions. And it's just interesting, you know, how you can have reactions to anything it's all based on the past and yeah. the outcome of a past experience or what you've been kind of basically you know trained to think due to like your upbringing or you know at your peers whatever it might be and we had a little moment the other day where I said I'm just I'm I'm so bored of, of one going back to the past a little bit mm. and obviously having had some health issues I'm, I'm I wanted to explore how much my kind of emotional health was affecting that and I don't doubt that it does it absolutely does possibly determines it who knows but you get to a point where you're like oh it's I just want to look at the future and be really excited about the future and I think everybody's a bit I think everyone's lacking that at the moment and I think it's it's natural because there's so much going on in the world that's basically kind of yeah it it can feel a mess at the moment I think I don't even look at the news and headlines because when I do I get kind of triggered and I'm like, oh, whoa, and there's not a lot I can do about those things. So I kind of go inward and, and focus on what I can do and help the people that I can help and um, those sorts of things. But Apologies. Oh, it's my screen time weekly report. Oh. Oh, 
Has it gone down? Has it gone up? I don't know. <laughs> I, I tend not to look. Was it, was it boring you? No, no. <laughs> no, no. It's just I, I was apologising for the uh, the notification coming up. We do. <laughs> we, we've been um, watching Gavin and Stacey, haven't we? Oh yeah. And um, there's a line. If anyone's ever seen <laughs> again, it again, you can you can YouTube. Gavin and Stacey, what you just said was really boring. And there's just a scene in it that we absolutely love, don't we? With, yeah. um, oh, what's Gavler's mum called? The name's gone from Pamela. Pamela. Yeah, where Stacey's waffling on about whether she had breakfast, lunch, or whether she should eat a banana or not. And <clears throat> me and you have been pulling that line on each other, haven't we? How's it go? I'm not being funny. No, you're better than me. No, you do. No, no, you do. No, no, you do. No, go on, over to you. You're <laughs> always not, getting me to I'm do it. I'm not being funny, but what you just said was really boring. <laughs> I haven't done that justice. Watch the YouTube clip. But me and you were saying, oh God, it'd be amazing to say that out loud To sometimes. be able to just say it. How many, like, and we've literally got caught, haven't we? I've said to you, yeah, I got stuck with this person. And <clears throat> it's always a kind of random stranger for me, like, but I'll get stuck with them listening to this story. Yeah. And <clears throat> and then you're like, I mean, why were you late? And I'll go, I got stuck with someone. And obviously what they were saying was just really boring, but... I couldn't, I couldn't get out of the conversation. I mean, to be fair, it would be pretty rude to say that, wouldn't it? I know, but um, it's funny. We, we haven't we, started saying it to each other. We do right? say it to each other, though. <laughs> we, 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 we could do that. That's I've okay. actually started saying it to myself. And funnily enough, we went for drinks with friends and they said the same thing. They were saying that they, like, because you chatter in your mind all mm. the time. And sometimes, <laughs> my mum says this, she's like, sometimes I start vocalising my <laughs> chattering mind. And then she said, I'm literally boring myself. And my dad's like looking at her like she's nuts, going like, what are you doing? But... They were saying the whole families are doing the same with them. Like, Mum, what are you doing? Do, do you ever do this, though, where you're like, you're, you're telling a story, but in, in your head, like the story, I don't know, like it it sounded more exciting, it sounded better in your head. Time. But then when you're saying it, you're like, I'm not quite doing this justice. I can see people glazing over a little bit. Do you I'm, have I'm, I, Yeah, I'm, no, no, it's what I'm thinking. Like, And then it's almost like you try and revive it and you're like oh, let me let me try and revive it but actually it just gets more and more boring <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like oh I don't know where this is going now well you've probably already given copious amounts of detail as it I know. is <laughs> they're already no, like where it's just going unnecessary detail and but you're just but adding hey, to it um I didn't, I'm not I, being funny but what you just said <laughs> it's so funny though because really like boring. I, I didn't realize how much detail I go into until I met Keris who used to pull me up on like she's like yeah these details are irrelevant to to the actual story I'm like you're absolutely right and I now kind of like find myself doing it like as I'm saying it and then I stop myself and go completely irrelevant I'll get to the point yeah <laughs> but it's just, it's just it's just part of who I am babes it, but also one of my traits that I don't like is my, my lack of patience yeah but, and you test it fully so for us to survive as a couple I was like you're really gonna have to rein in the stories and get to the point as we're never gonna survive <laughs> Well, we've 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 come we've done, this far. Yeah, that's because we've done sixteen years. That's because I'm abridging you constantly. <laughs> like, just get, get yeah. to the point. <laughs> um, just going back though to what you were you you were talking about, like I think you know, in terms of like past, present, future, I think like all things, it's it's about balance, isn't it? It's because like you know, you can't ignore the past. You can't, you know, and I think it's. Like you, you learn from the past. You know, your, your past are things that have happened to you. You know, it's it's fact. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Whereas, of course, the the future is very much kind of there's 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 uncertainty there. You know, it's, it's quite profound. Uh, it is, isn't it? <laughs> the past is certain. The future is yeah. uncertain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Matt Whitmore. I might, I might get that as a tattoo. That's an, that's an Instagram tile. <laughs> that's, my, that's, that's 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 my new tattoo sorted. Bosh. 
Um, just on, on, this, on, on this subject, this is quite cool, because we wanted to do a bit of end-of-year reflective podcast. We've started off going around the houses, like mm-hmm. to your house in London and then to our house in Jewish yeah, World. quite literally, yeah. But this is like paralleling with um, A Christmas Carol, the film, you know, the ghost of Christmas past, oh, yeah. present and future. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it is. I guess it is. So we are kind of... But, but the thing is, is like, it's, you know, essentially like, you know, like you like we always say, like, you know, your past is there to to kind of educate you in many respects, isn't it? Like you learn from it, it's quite thought-provoking and, and can lead you down different paths and ultimately helping you to create your future. Um, but I think f- the future is a funny one because it's like, because it is uncertain, because there's unknowns, it's almost like, well, that could be quite mysterious and exciting, but it can also be quite stressful and make you feel quite anxious do you know what I mean? Because it's like all these what ifs. You know what I mean? Like what if this happens? What if that doesn't happen? And 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 I think it's hard sometimes to be present. Yeah, I think it. I think it's harder than ever. But I think it's also what's quite interesting about doing the work on your past. I do think it's really important to do so. By saying that I'm kind of tired of it, that's because I've spent four years now doing it, working with different <laughs> practitioners, therapists. Yeah, and I do understand. You know, and, and a big part of it for me was, you know, if you want to get science there's something called your neuroendocrine immune system, which is basically how your thoughts and your beliefs begin to influence both your kind of hormonal balance and things like inflammatory processes in the yeah. body, which makes sense because, you know, if you're interpreting your environment and this, you know, right now in the present could be something like a true, a true threat to you, you mm-hmm. might be worried about. And I think everyone who runs a business right now is worried about HMRC. <laughs> Like envelopes coming oh, yeah. through the door, the old brown envelopes. And I did. We, I joked with a friend the other day and said, "Oh, you should see like Matt, Matt's entire like physiology changes <laughs> the minute that the brown envelope drops on the doorstep." Oh, because uh, so what they tend to do is go. Do you remember that great thing that was on social media about when you're trying to find your codes for HMRC? Oh and yeah, it's like <laughs> written on a scroll. Yeah, yeah. Go out into the garden, <laughs> find the key, dig deep. You'll get find a box it's in like, the scroll. It's, yeah, it's that hard, and you can never get through to them, and it just becomes the bane of your life. And they're threatening you, going, "You need to get this paid by this date, and you haven't, and, and you know you've paid it. That's the annoying thing. But for some reason, you can't find evidence of it at that point in time. Anyway, um. Just to kind of wind back, like if you think about how your environment is is kind of feeding to the body, the body will then have some kind of reaction to it. And this can definitely be like inflammatory or yeah. a down regulation of like feel good chemicals. So we know like, you know, depression, any of those kind of spectrum of, of issues with that mental health could be linked to environmental triggers. But what kind of fascinates me is what decides that that's I guess, like scary to you. Mm. And this is where you kind of go back to your past and and start to look at how you were conditioned and experiences and and those sorts of things. But also I think there's an element of which we have natural personality traits, don't we? So you might be quite a sensitive person. Mm. You might be a risk taker. You know, it can can depend. And then obviously the events are kind of either additive or, you know, changing that. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is, you almost get to a point in your life where you're totally on autopilot. And this is really what CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, kind of highlights. Like you've gone into default mode yeah. and you're literally interpreting everything based on that kind of past experience. So you're actually making quite a lot of stuff up as well. So you could be making up, for example, you know, in a work capacity that 
you, you completely invent what your boss thinks of you, what your colleagues think of you, because yeah. you never outright go and say, what do you think of me? Like, give me a little star rating. Like, do you think I'm conscientious? Do you think I've got neat handwriting? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, we never ask any of those things. So obviously you kind of have feedback at work, but a lot of it we invent. And based on our perception of ourselves, our, maybe like our, our self-criticism as well, or, or kind of we interpret actions of others and, and often go have that like negative bias. And I think it's quite helpful to take time out, which I did this year, and really think about the sort of person that you are mm. and spend some time kind of discovering that, but use that to determine your future. And it's like, I, I guess I always thought I was someone who's quite risk averse, someone quite OCD and all these things. And taking some adventures this this year for me has made me realise, no, I can I can travel. I can, I travelled on my own. I can mm. live on my own. I can take risks like we've done things that we never expected to do um there's there's things that will always be a certainty in my life I like a degree of control and comfort and and you know I'll always want to be a conscientious person and be known for that but I think there are other elements of my personality that I had as a kid that I never that never came to flourish because of some things that happened in my teenage years and then kind of my I turned into like to, to academia and, and kind of wanting to achieve things and almost like a workaholic from whenever I possibly could just mm. and like that became my focus and I let go of some like creative things that I loved and yeah just you know being having more fun and, and freer and and things like that and that's painting by numbers what do you mean by that <laughs> what's that mean so creative things what let go of creative things yeah what's and I was it? like painting by numbers Forget it. Okay. <laughs> Just move on. Do you mean like painting numbers or paint what? Do you remember painting by numbers? No, what is it? You used to have like a... Was it a game? No, it was like a, a bit of paper with like a picture on and yeah. it would have different sections and each section would have a number and that number was a colour. So then you would paint that section the colour that the number is. Don't so let's say that. That must have been a And then a you'd 90s. have this this artwork. That's a 90s thing. No, I don't remember that. Do you remember them... Uh, what were they called? Like, I can't believe you don't remember that. It was like... I don't know. I was thinking about it the don't other day. I don't think I ever did that. I was thinking, like, <laughs> as a kid, what things that I used to do that, to me, were just such a an easy way to pass the time outside of, like, you know, before kind of, like, consoles became a yeah, real yeah. thing. Yeah. And I was thinking about, like, um, I always, I've always loved, like, art and drawing. You know, I've always, like, doodled, haven't I? Yeah, yeah. And I used to love it. Like, I used to just, you know spend hours doing that kind of stuff and I was like isn't it amazing that like I do still doodle but I, I, I stopped doing that even though I loved it so much and, and the other one was painting by numbers oh okay yeah, and yeah. it was just always quite cool like you'd like you'd almost have this artwork at the end which I mean you obviously had a hand because it was drawn already and it told you what numbers to paint what color yeah yeah but it was just so mindful like yeah, you just wouldn't think good. about anything else yeah See, I, I was going to say... Um, what I did you, there well, was, I, well, is I, I tried to make a joke. It went down, went straight over your head. And, and then, then I've now turned it into a nice light. A long, a long I feel like I've saved it. Yeah, yeah. It's all relevant. I've, I've redeemed myself. People might be now online going, I'm going to order some that for Christmas. Yeah, boom. So when, the, when, the, when the relatives are being, <laughs> being well, really boring, we, we, we <laughs> were saying the other day. my numbers in the background. We were saying the other day, weren't we, that this year, like, we're not going to get each other, like, big 
Christmas presents and please stick to it, Keris, because we say this every year. And I know, but I have seen one that's like, it's it's like a lifelong present. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you're my lifelong present. It's it's like, I think you'd be impressed with it because it's it's actually, invest, it's an investment. It's actually quite a selfish, slightly selfish investment for me, but I can't say anymore. You'll have to t- t- reveal on the next oh, no. podcast, the big reveal. I'm very intrigued. Um, but yeah, carry on, sorry. Do you, do you I, remember? I, I, I know no, no, thing. no, no, don't go, off, don't go off on a tangent. Because I, has I one question, your flow. but Spirograph, do you remember Spirograph? Yes, I do. Now that's mindful, because remember, if you went, if you like bodged it, you ruined the whole thing, you had to keep going. Do you remember? That was great fun, though. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? But you had to, that, that was mindful. Like, yeah. there's no way you could be doing that and oh, chatting no. and like watching TV. It was a proper, oh, like, man. you know, when your tongue came out your mouth and like slightly. <laughs> I used to have this weird thing, I'd like curl my toes up. Oh, did you? Yeah, my mum used to notice it whenever I was concentrating. I, do that. Like, I, do that like, I, I curl my toes up. And I was like, it's so weird what you do. <laughs> anyway, carry on. Um, I'm lost. Where I, was I? I feel like I've, I totally wrecked your flow then. I apologise. And flower pressing. I remember doing that. I'm quite liking that. But just on this note, so one of the things I did in Portugal, I think we've mentioned this before, was um, I went back and did some ceramics. I decided to, like, whilst I was out there, so just if you're new to the podcast, I basically had some health issues for, God, over four years now, some mystery gut issues made worse by COVID and decided to take a month off work, go to Portugal. My parents have a place there. So I could basically live between the mountains and the sea. It's on the West Coast, very unspoilt. It's a national park and I could do, you can do cold water dipping because the sea is absolutely freezing, isn't yeah. it? Um, and it was summertime. So, uh, and then we did a fast as well. But whilst I was there, I knew that when I'd, I'd kind of done a fast and um, you would have gone home by that point, I was like, right, what can I fill my day with? I'm not going to work. And it was really hard initially. I, yeah. I did a lot of walking because I was just like, I can't sit still. Like I yeah. Like a lot of nervous energy built up. But I joined things like uh, yoga, mobility classes. And funnily enough, I did a yoga class. And um, I don't know, I have a funny relationship with yoga in that I did that much of it for yoga teacher training. And sometimes it just feels like it doesn't... It, I've got friends that say the same thing. It can feel... You you don't like yoga for this reason. You can feel quite tension building. Mm. You're doing chaturangas and things like that. But it can... I've actually kind of a bit more into mobility in Qigong where it's a bit more tension relief and shake out. Yeah. And I love the structure of yoga and I think there's so many different types and I know I'll probably get into one type at well, some well, point. Well, not, not to like sound like I'm, I'm biased, but I always used to love like your versions of yoga because it was like a blend of like yoga. I called it moga. Moga, yeah, it was like mobility <laughs> and yoga. And I, I, I genuinely really enjoyed that. I think it's quite important to freestyle some of this yeah. movement because sometimes I wake up and I'm like, I have so much tension in my neck because I slept funny. And then, you know, I don't want to hold any poses. And and a lot of it, once you start strength training, isn't that applicable to you. We did a functional movement screen course, didn't we? And they said mm. that one of the problems with yoga is it's not enough kind of pulling movement to strengthen your back. It's a lot of pushing yeah. and... So, and rounding forward to do hamstring stretches, we all get obsessed with being able to put our hands on the floor in a forward fold and things like that, yeah. or downward dog. But yeah, I think it, anyway, but I did, um, so I did various different kind of classes and found some that I really enjoyed. But the one thing that really stuck with me was ceramics, which I went to this hut, basically in, the, in a small village um, on the coast. And this guy was running these ceramics classes with like four or five people. But one thing that occurred to me was I'd never done like had the freedom to be that creative mm. in a long time, even though our work is creative. But the other thing was, that it's, it's like I got creative block because my first thought was, 
Um, I think we covered this actually when we were talking about brain function and stuff with Tommy. But my first thought was I need to be really good at this. You know, like, well, I'm an adult now. I need to be very good at ceramics. So when I first started the process, I was like, oh, my God, this looks like a child did it. But of course it would. Like, I've not done yeah. it. For, I don't even use my hands that much anymore in my work. You know, we type and that's about it. Um, but, like, how much that competitive adult energy holds us back. Because, yeah. like I said, as a kid, I wanted to be everything from a contemporary dancer to... Um, yeah, like I loved drawing, I loved painting, I loved, I'd, I'd never done like ceramics, but I always loved like messing around with Play-Doh and stuff. So like, I just loved building and, you know, making things and, and recipes even. And then we get this fear that we're going to be rubbish at it uh, or, you know, we won't, we won't match up to everybody else or we're not a pro, mm. so we don't do it. And that's just so, it's so bad. It's it's just, because I think creative processes, um such an just an important part of like your mental health as well yeah, because when you're sure. doing that like you do get this flow of energy and this kind of yeah and I get it a lot with like writing for me is quite creative so I do like have elements where I'll be like oh a blog's coming to me or a post or something and then I'll quickly like make some notes in my phone or whatever yeah. but but again like do you not think like a lot of being creative comes back to because one of the questions I was gonna like ask you on this episode, like, you know, as we were, like, reviewing the year, if you will, or reflecting on the year, it's probably more accurate. Like, it's like, you know, what what would you like to take into 2024? You know, like, what what is, like, a big goal of yours? And without kind of, like, um, switching it to me, like, my answer was going to be to be more present because I feel like, just thinking of what you were just saying then, like, to be... In, in real kind of like cre- a real creative mode, you know, whether it is to write, to draw, to paint, whatever. Yeah. Like you, you need to be present, don't you? And sometimes like it's it's almost it's hard to be creative because you're not present. Even though you've said like, oh, I'm going to take this time now to write or do whatever. If you're not present, if your brain is just elsewhere, it's 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 hard to get into that creative mode. But that's that's like um, what we just said. You're you're either in the future or you're in the past. Mm. Like I know, oh God, that sounds so obvious, doesn't it? Yeah, you're not present. Yeah, <laughs> that's as good as your yeah, quote. I know, that's your tattoo. <laughs> yeah, if you're not in the present, you're in the future or the past. But what I meant by that was, you're absolutely right in that you're you're fast forwarding or you're kind of rewinding and. You wake up in the, it's really good to like wake up in the morning and assess like where your brain goes. Cause half the time we reflect back over something that happened over the weekend or yesterday or last week. And then we give ourselves crap for it. And then we fast forward to the future and go, right, this is the negative effect. This might just be me, but here's the negative effect of what I've just done. Yeah. Um, and a few mornings this week, I've woke up and this whole back and forth has been going on in my head. And I've gone, do you know what? Like, shut the f- up. Because yeah. actually, why don't you just wake up this morning and go, you know, kind of gratitude, you know, like, yeah. you know, and that sort of stuff. And it's a really hard, I'll go through phases of kind of nailing it as a habit and then phases where it just drops out. But I've almost just been kind of observing the back and forth, the back and forth, um, you know, and I love like this kind of scene in Eat, Pray, Love where she can't meditate because she wakes up and her whole brain just keeps chattering away. And yeah. she's on a, um, it's, people, might, people might not like the film. It's a bit cheesy and the book is like a bit marmite Some people love it, some people don't. But I really enjoyed the film, but the scene where 
her meditation, she meets someone on a meditation retreat and he's like, you are not your thoughts. But also if you just let your, just quiet your mind and get your thoughts out the way and your ego and all that crap, like you just see how amazing you really were. And that's something that I think all of us would benefit from observing all of that stuff and then almost just going like, no, that, that's not the conversation we're having today. This is not what we're doing. In mm. fact, I loved, um, I watched, I've never ever been a fan of uh, like this kind of blasphemy I know but Taylor Swift I like her music but I wouldn't say I've been like Taylor Swift I've got friends who are nuts about her I'm a fan of Taylor Swift's music I I like her music but I wouldn't say she's someone who I know a lot about or have followed and then I watched Miss Americana and I was like oh my god I absolutely love her like literally fell in love with her through Miss Americana it's on Netflix just seeing her journey of like incredible talent thrown into the spotlight at a really young age and just had this like but you know like just this desire to perform for people because she yeah. was f- absolutely flipping amazing. It wasn't like an ego thing. She was just brilliant. And you can tell it was like her reason for being. But then as she gets into it and wants to do all this incredible stuff, write music, you know, like create concert, you know, because a lot of them, her and Britney Spears actually would choreograph a lot of their own routines and create a lot of the, do a lot of creative direction on their tours. But then the press just get involved and are like, you're fat. Like, oh, your boyfriend, oh, you're this, you're that. You've got another boyfriend, you're a slut. Like, do you know what I mean? Just, and it's just horrible to mm. watch her just be taken down from this just amazing sense of purpose that she has. And she disappears. It gets really bad. I think there's like, she gets cancelled, doesn't she? And then there was this whole trending was like, uh, there was an awful hashtag basically about, you know, trying to cancel her. And so she disappears for <clears throat> quite a long time and and has therapy. And when she comes back, you can see her using it like live mm. in the documentary because she's like, oh, the paper's printed that I looked bloated yesterday, which you're just like, God's sake, that, that's terrible. Yeah. You know, you've done some amazing performance. And then she's like, I'm just like, we're not going there today. We are not going there today. And I love it because that's her in the present not letting her past define her, not letting yeah. her past define the future, but also changing the future by coming into that moment and going like realistically, like that, you know, this this is this is not a truth. This is someone's yeah. perception of this situation. And I think that is something that is really powerful when you can start doing that. You can wake up and go, this is not a truth. This is, you know, and this is all the things that you work through through therapy. But sometimes I think even I found myself going through the motions and not believing it or I'd even be implementing it, but not truly be believing it. And then without, without realizing it, I'm back into my autopilot mode. You know, right. Got really you. easily. Like the difference you've said, the difference between me and Portugal and me coming back here was just like, God, you definitely slip like back into that mode. And I don't know what it is. It's like, is it, is it work? Is it because I'm now in like more of a kind of everyday environment? I don't know. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it is hard though. It is hard. Like, cause you know, like I, I said to you, didn't I, whilst you was in Portugal and I was here, you know, I was getting into like really good habits as well, you know, and I mean, again, like I think it did make a difference, like the time of year, the weather, say, the lighter hard, mornings yeah. and, and things like that. But but we were speaking about this the other day, weren't we, in terms of it's, it's crazy how there are habits that we do that are, very good for us. We feel good for it. And, you know, all the signs are there that we're doing the right thing. Yet it's still so easy to slip back into old habits that yeah. don't serve us as well. Yeah. <laughs> and you almost ask yourself the question, like, you know, why Why is that? You know, when I do those things, I feel great for it. So why, why do I stop doing the things? And Because I think also it's, 
I think we did say this, there's like a delay often with the good things, you know, delayed gratification. Yeah. And there's an immediate gratification with a lot of the, let's not call them bad things, but things that we probably should be doing less of. And then I think outside of that, your environment is such a powerful driver of those things. And I remember watching... Um, Gosh, I don't know where everyone stands with Russell Brand these days, but like I, I still, he had he said some really powerful things, didn't he? In mm. terms of, he said that his environment, obviously his history of addiction, he's like I am just a wanting blob, and so I know that I have to put myself in environments where I can do um, that guide me towards a, a certain behaviour and habit more. So you know, for him, he's like I can't live in a city. That's that's the sort of thing that's going to drive yeah. some of my addictive tendencies. But out in the countryside, and but he said two two things for me is like exposure to hot cold makes a huge difference. Mm. So he's into like obviously saunering and then kind of cold water, you know, ice cold water dipping that stuff, ice baths. Um, so I think it's kind of like a there's a process of understanding yourself and then the impact of environments and then how could you factor in like micro habits into your day. It doesn't have to be. This is the other thing that annoys me a little bit sometimes is it all becomes a trend, doesn't it? And it's yeah. like, wake up and do things. <clears throat> I know for a fact, I'm not sure that cold water therapy helps me that much. I think I'm too highly strung anyway. My nervous mm. system is too upregulated. And yet heat, I find hugely beneficial. Yeah. So like hot baths, Epsom salts baths, saunas, getting outside. Uh, my cold therapy is if I go for a run or train outside, I just try try and wear like minimal amounts of clothing, yeah. you know, and, and just be cold. Like I, I will get cold and that's fine. But I don't think I need to actively go and feel freezing or turn mm. the shower to cold, those sorts of things. So I think there's also elements to which there's little things we can do, but do try and figure out what's good for you rather than just kind of following the trends of, um, you know, just because there's a, research on you know ice baths could help with inflammation it doesn't mean that it's your anti-inflammatory exactly mechanism like personally for me just sometimes getting in and i think one of the most powerful things for me is music without doubt i'll have yeah. music to lift me music to help me focus and i've got music to really help me chill out breathe stretch and just setting like lighting a candle putting music on and then just scattering some cushions on the floor so i can do some stretches can be like that's my ice bath that I should probably do every day if I really want to have good mental health because it really helps me kind of almost like declutter the mind yeah you know just like you said like observe the crap that's going back and forth that's not true and like clear it all out and just breathe and and kind of identify some real positives in my day or some real things I'm, I'm grateful for but it is music and like lighting and things like that that I find yeah. smells actually that love smells that sounds a bit wrong doesn't it <laughs> but like lavender was what I meant yeah yeah or like um absolutely love like rosemary and thyme like herbs yeah but I think the smell is so powerful though it really is like because I have like I think we said this before you can smell something and it could just take you right back to like the most magical moment or the most amazing memory yeah you know what I mean? I was giggling and because you dropped a proper sulfur fart yesterday. It that was, was a whopper, like, we lit to be all fair. these can we lit all these candles around the house. They didn't <laughs> stand a chance. And I was like, mine was the Oof. dominant stench. <laughs> it's probably a, actually a, a risk, a health risk. Oh yeah, <laughs> we light, light all the candles. Set and the house on fire. You drop a sulfur um, bomb. To be fair, that was like full disclosure. That was just too many beers. Yeah. Why do you not have like? Why don't you think you have the same reminiscence over farts like? Whatever bad smells. You must have a favourite fart smell. 
I wonder why we're naturally inclined not to like that smell. <laughs> I, I was looking for light bulbs in home base yesterday. And, um, <laughs> Where's this going? <laughs> well, I dropped one oh, thinking I was on my own. Did you and change next, aisle quick? Next thing you know, I heard like someone was like, shit. <laughs> so I just quickly started right like I heard footsteps coming towards my aisle. So I just like ran. Get in the next I was like, aisle. quick, get, get away. <laughs> get out of sight. Because it was bad. Was it, it was bad. Oh, oh, yeah. It was real bad. I did a runner. <laughs> Makes me think, you know. <laughs> it, you know, it. it, it you know, if that person did see me, it's like, well, it couldn't have been anyone else. There's no one else there. Do you, do you know what in the future they might do? Do you remember there used to be that myth that they'd put a dye in the swimming pool so if you weed it would... Oh, yeah. It Was, would is that a myth? It. They just I, said that I, as I a deterrent. I never saw it and I've tested the water. <laughs> oh, did you? When was this? Last week at the leisure centre. No, I'm just joking. It just worked, as <laughs> it? No, but I've never, see, I've never known anyone tell me that that happened. So I thought it was a myth. All right. An urban myth. Is it not? I don't know. I don't know. Let's just enter owners tell us. But imagine if they did the same with farts in supermarkets because it's like a food hygiene issue. Didn't they? It, didn't it they could be a, a food hygiene issue in the they fresh do aisle. A thing once with uh, like thermal imaging. Oh, did they? Of like people. And then, of course, obviously, farts are warm, aren't they? Yeah. So, like, it would just show up as this little red, oh, yeah. like, like, oh, no. <laughs> just come out. <laughs> Fart shame people. So Do you remember um, the COVID ones where it was like if you sneezed in an aisle, how far it could go? People oh yeah. get competitive over farts, I reckon. Like how far? <laughs> how much of a yeah? But I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe uh, the smell wasn't too bad, but look at the look at the distance it achieved. <laughs> you, know, you know those tangents we're talking about. Yeah, that's a, yeah. that's a big tangent. Um, Everyone likes a fart chat, though. But yeah, so like <clears throat> just to like like bring it all back a little bit, like because for me, I just think. There's a lot of info out there and they're always, you know, there always will be, you know, in, in this, you know, age of the internet and Google and social media, like, you know, like you, all these different kind of approaches to, you know, what works, what doesn't work. And I think people do get confused and, and people, people are quite easily led. And I think it's, for me, it's like, it's about giving stuff a try. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't, no drama, like like move on to something else and don't necessarily feel like an obligation to do certain things because so-and-so says it's good for you. I guess, I guess one of the themes that we well, talk about here, oh, go on. I was going to say, like, because the big one for me was was fasting. You know, like you mentioned earlier, the fast that we did in the summer, seven-day fast, and, you know, if, if anyone's interested, like, you know, there's a social media post on this and, and we did a podcast on on why we did the, the seven-day fast. It wasn't just for for lols <laughs> um, there was quite a big why and um, it kind of got mixed uh, a mixed reaction when we shared you know our experience with it you know it was it was largely positive because I think we did a really good job of kind of saying like you know we, there was a reason we did this you know it wasn't a something that was just like a random idea or, or whatever it might be and it certainly wasn't for, for body composition or, or anything like that but I, I I felt I felt great for it you know, I had so, there were so many benefits. There were so many pros to me doing a seven-day fast. And it, that's a classic example of something that, you know, don't get me wrong, it, it's quite extreme in, in, in the grand scheme of things, but it worked for me. It worked really well for me. And as a result, it really opened my eyes to, to fasting generally, you know, not necessarily just seven-day fasts, but, you know, different different types of fasts. But I, I, I do my best to say to you, like, that does not mean that everybody should be doing it. It doesn't even necessarily mean that you should even try it. You know what I mean? Well, it's interesting because we've got someone who's who kind of contacted us and said, I'm really disappointed in you as a brand for doing this. And it's obviously because there's 
some kind of link for that individual about, you know, it could be fasting towards um, disordered eating and eating disorder mm. or an association with dieting, which anyone that's worked on our programs with us and plans knows that we are, it's hard now because again, the internet wants you to be anti-diet or diet pro, do you know what I mean? And it's like none of them, we're neither, do you know what I mean? We yeah. are, we, we help people find nutritional templates that work for them and optimize yeah. their health and, and are sustainable and enjoyable and they can see themselves doing it for like 10 years. And interestingly, even though now we still work with individual clients and then we work with big groups. So our latest program, Strong 60, we've been running. Part of the process with that is is actually kind of myth busting about that you need mm. to be doing all of these things. And what we're doing generally, and even in, in groups we're able to achieve this, is help them put together a personalized template with all of this stuff that's online. So what is a good eating window for you? you mm. know, and how much could we get the minimal effective dose of fasting because we're not supposed to be eating all the time and we have been in an environment that really encourages that to happen and it does wreck our guts and it does lead to weight gain and other stuff and um you know so how can we build out a, a kind of plan that really works for you as an individual and I think what's kind of happening on a, a massive level here is as we've all been connected through technology every single aspect of our lives we're we kind of lose our identity a little bit, don't we? Like it, that's happening a lot. We're more than ever compared and contrasted and and exposed to ideals that we're supposed to, you know, aspire to. And this happened as a kid when you opened a magazine or saw a film, whereas now it's 24-7 for yeah. all of us. And, you know, often people talk about children need to be taught how to use the internet, but let's face it, most adults are test driving it. Do you know what I mean? We're not even sure how we should react to this. And so I think just to kind of, you know, step back for a second. The thing is to find you again in this society that's put us all in contact with everyone all the time and mm. find you and, and remember the things. And that does involve taking time away from technology yeah. so that you can listen to your gut. Or if you want to sound a little bit more woo-woo, your heart, like what I went on a women's circle um, event when I was in Portugal and they said that we started off with a question this week what's made your heart sad? What's made your heart sing? And it was a really nice thing because I was like, I've not even thought about that. And mm. questions, the answers range from something at a global level to like something at a very micro level, like that just happened that morning in their kitchen. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. And it was really nice to, to and we there was no comments, no judgments. That's the whole kind of purpose of that. You just go around the circle and you say those things. But that's what I think we're losing. And then, like I said, we've then we're hit with this massive what just becomes a to-do list of how to fix your health right now on LinkedIn, Instagram, like, yeah, cold shower, this, that, this, yeah. that. And then we're trusting this little meditation app to get us to switch off this giant <laughs> like mm. decades worth of like crap circling around our head, you know. And now listen to this woman go, close your eyes and breathe in for four, mm. out for four. And we think that's going to fix it. And it is helpful, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm not rubbishing these apps. I use them and they definitely help me. But I think there's a bigger journey to be had that's becoming more and more important. And I'm not sure how I'd advise everyone to do it. When, when I was going to Portugal, someone in my office joked and said, oh, you're going to find yourself, are you? Yeah. But I, and I was a bit like, well, yeah, because for the last 20 years since I got a job, I haven't a freaking clue, like, what I like. or like, Do you know what I mean? I've almost been told yeah. what I should do, how I should act. And work has been a big focus of my life, so that's been taken over like consumed a lot of my spare time and I haven't explored 
you know, whether I want to do Spirograph every Friday. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, just, I just lost. <laughs> like, imagine. <laughs> I lost the freedom, I think, to have the freedom to think, the freedom to, you know, indulge in creativity and, and, and things. And, and I think there were elements of it. So I'm not saying that it's been like horrendous, but I think then by the time, once that's gone on for a couple of decades, you really have lost your, you're almost too scared to say what you think about anything anymore yeah. and have an opinion on stuff or, um, you know, we've said we're, we're a bit guilty sometimes in group environments, especially as we're one of the few people left without kids. It's almost like we're the, we'll be the most flexible in everything that we mm. do, like activities with family and friends. It's like, well, you don't have kids, so you're, you're kind of... Yeah, you'll work around us. Yeah, you'll work around us, you'll be back on the list and you'll flex. And you're almost too scared to go, actually, like... Uh, this yeah. is this is, we, this is we do still have plans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my feelings on this. We, we have other subject. commitments, but yeah, and I, I think I really want to say to people: if you can take time out over the festive season, to and, and and by the way, the the negative aspect of all of this is that we don't have good mental health and we don't have good physical health because when we're not happy, when we're not fulfilled. Yeah. Um, in fact, I read a study recently that was saying the worst thing for us is to wake up and not feel valued in a workplace or like understand our sense of purpose and how we make a difference. This this has actually come out in a lot of books on depression where they thought that the more paid you were or the more well-paid you were, the, the more um, happier you would be. Mm. They did like analysis of like blue collar versus white collar. And, um, and they were really shocked that the outcome was that um, a lot of people reported that almost like that middle ground, so the kind of not self-employed. So, so I think they had like self-employed, then they had like executives, and then they had this like middle ground of people in kind of admin roles, and they were the most unhappy because they said they had the least amount of autonomy over their work control. They right. felt the least valued, even though they were really well paid and had very good job security. Um, and then above that, you had like a lot of kind of director CEOs who had a lot of autonomy and decision making processes. Yeah. And then below you had a lot of people who were just maybe kind of like um, self-employed or kind of like laboring jobs, but also felt that they had more control over their work and made a difference. So yeah. they could see a visible difference in what they did. Yeah. And and that middle ground was like the worst. And I think that then what happens when you're in that state is we go and basically indulge in food, alcohol. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, we go like and we, find yeah. like um, hedonistic behaviours to escape because we're underneath it all really unhappy. We end up in relationships that don't serve us, but our self-esteem is too low and confidence is too low to get out of it. And yeah. I think a benefit from me and you working with people is when we see them, they come to us because they think that we're going to help them hit their protein goal. <laughs> but actually we're often going like, where are you in your day? Like yeah. I can see work, I can see partner, I can see kids you know, needs met, needs met, needs met. Where are you? I can't see you. Like, where's, why, what's your reason for getting out of bed? I can't see yeah. any joy. I can't see any pleasure. I can't. And then the fun is like, meet my friends at the pub and get drunk. But that's not the same thing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That, that's a, that's a, and I don't, no, don't deny that that's not great fun. And, I mean, yeah, that's it. That is fun. That and is that, pretty that fun. could <laughs> still happen. But if there's an over-reliance on that, yeah. negative effect of that. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, that's been something, you know, you think we, we've been in the industry for a long time. You know, we've worked with, you know, so many different people now, be it like in person, online, one-to-one, group dynamics, whatever, you know, like we've we've done the lot. 
yeah. you know. And, you know, we've evolved massively as as coaches, if you will, over the years, you know. And in the beginning, you know, like I think things were as simple as like, I just need to get this person to eat better and exercise yeah, more. Yeah. And... I think there was initially like a, just a switch to a whole food <coughs> diet was a big game changer for a lot yeah. of people and 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 then we were a bit like our work here is done we can retire yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i wish um i don't wish actually we spoke about this the other day in terms of like retiring i don't know that we, we've got it in us you know you always ask that question of what if we won the lottery it's like i think i'd get bored pretty quick i, I think... feel like i'd still need to do something but i'm going to stop you there we're I not going to go off on a tangent. That, we're not got little, i've got a little image of you waking up in the morning doing paint by numbers and me doing spirograph and then you saying something and me going, I'm not being funny, Matt, but what you That's just really said boring. was really boring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going out. <laughs> Where are you going? I'll come with you. To I've got fair, nothing else to do. I'll come with you. I've just had this really lovely vision with a nice coffee, sun shining, painting by numbers. Curling your toes. What a way to start the day. <laughs> what a way to start the day. That's an image so, right well, there. To be fair, I don't know why you think you're that far off. You get up and do Wordle. Yeah, that's my painting by numbers at the minute. Wordle, like... Speaking of Wordle... Yeah. The other day, did I share this already? What? I didn't. I got Wordle on the first go. Oh, well done. You know this. Why are you pretending that I've not told you this I thought you were going to tell me something before? else because I came in and said, so-and-so's just messaged <clears> and then <throat> it was a name on Wordle. I can't remember what it was. Oh, yeah, it was a mad coincidence, Really wasn't mad it? coincidence. But so my starting word on Wordle is always piano. Right. Just is. Okay. Don't know why, but just is. What with your and, piano skills? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, I remember, like, I've often had the thought of, like, I wonder if anyone ever gets it on their first go because obviously there's, there's a lot of five-letter words out there. And then on this particular day, I think it was about two weeks ago, bosh, first go, I was buzzing. I was buzzing. Because <laughs> I thought, statistically, like, what are the odds yeah, of yeah. your word being the... the, the but the thing is, I start the same word every day. Every yeah, but, day. But the piano is quite a common word. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, well, how, how, how often word. does it come up in your vocabulary? No. Yeah, no, okay. It doesn't. Right. But not, I mean, it's not like. Why are you to trying to discredit of, me? I'm just trying to think of a very random word what? that could have been a word. Yeah, but there, been... there, there's lots of like random five letter words. Okay. It's, when you're not in the word or craze, it's just not that. I just don't understand the, 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 the weight of that statement. Because I don't do Wordle. Just wasted on you. Yeah, it was wasted on me. I'm going to join a Wordle <laughs> Facebook group. Yeah, you will probably. They'll, get... they'll be happy for me. Yeah, it will. <laughs> it will. <laughs> probably get some kind of like trophy or, you know. You could start a paint by numbers group as well. I see there. There you go. People, yeah. Um, but oh, well, see, this is why I didn't so, want to yeah, go off on a tangent. Your, what are point. we talking about? God damn it. What were we talking about? Can't remember, but I think... Word all supposed to be good for your memory, isn't it? Well, that's why I do it. I just see it as like a little bit of brain training yeah. to, to start the day, get the old, <laughs> get, get things moving in so, the right direction. Well, no, it's working when you remember what you were going to say. I know, yeah. It's not helped, has it? No, but I think, you know, like I think what oh, you... Oh, you were saying about evolving as coaches. That's what we were talking ah, about. Yes, yeah. well done. Well done, Karius. And I don't even do Wordle. No, but <laughs> you don't need it, clearly. <laughs> um... Like, you know, we have, like, evolved so much in terms of, you know, of course, like, our knowledge, but more so our experience of working with people. And and we know that there's just so much more going on behind the scenes 
that impacts someone's decision-making processes. When it comes to the types of food that they eat, how much food they eat, how much they drink, how little they exercise, how much, you know, maybe they exercise in excess. You know, there's 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 a story there. There's a thought process behind it. And, and that's what we're so much more focused on now is getting to know the individual on a much deeper level to be able to, to get a better idea of, of why those decisions are being made. You know, what... You know what? What's 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 lacking? Where is the unhappiness? Where is the lack of purpose and fulfilment that's leading to these things? And and this may sound really really cheesy, but for me, this is the reality of of how you will create positive change because it isn't as simple as going, oh, this will be good for me. I'll just start doing that. Yeah, that's like, never, gonna, never gonna work, is it? Exactly. Like, there, there's but reasons. Also, I think it's one of the most important things that I think. I've done with clients is is really help them to reframe a habit and try to don't not see it as something that they should do, but see it as something that they want to do. And mm-hmm. sometimes that is also an educational process. So to go back to the fasting, you know, I think there's a powerful message here from the kind of anti-diet um, movement on fasting is is basically linked to dieting and it's telling women to starve themselves Mm. and you shouldn't look like this and it can definitely be misinterpreted and it can definitely be I would say you know kind of I don't want to use the word abused but some people are doing it with a kind of healthy halo but that you can tell it's just they've swapped one disorder for another I've seen that but I've said the same with bodybuilding to you I've seen people who have a history of orthorexia eat disordered eating move into bodybuilding but not bodybuilding as in lifting weights and getting strong, because that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, as in, you know, proper competitive bodybuilding where you go right down to like ridiculous calories and yeah, yeah, and put a lot of pressure on your nervous system. And I think, gosh, as someone who also has that background myself, like bodybuilding would have been the worst thing for me to go into and overthink my physique, like yeah. constantly and try and micromanage it to that detail. And I openly said that to two of my friends. One did bodybuilding, one was a powerlifter, and we were talking about things we wanted to do in future and I was always like I think if anything more for me would be like trekking and adventure racing and you know trekking I think like I'd like to walk long distances and things like that but I have no interest in doing something that's image driven now because it will I'll destroy myself and that's just me knowing that it's it's not only just that it's like you know you're you know if you're if you're entering into a competition where you're essentially going to be stood on stage and judged exactly purely based on your appearance they don't care about your personality (laughs) Or well, like how hard that. you worked. Yeah. Do you know how hard I worked at those kind of <laughs> <laughs> like bicep kills? But I think also, and even things like CrossFit, I've said to you, as much as like uh, you love that, I just know that I will probably override a lot of my kind of personal, my body's feedback because I'm so yeah. competitive. Whereas if I step out of that competitive way, I know that exercise is just so important to me. So if I was going to do anything, I think it would be things like treks and stuff like that that have minimal risks and something that I could train for by walking essentially (laughs) going to beautiful places and walking a bit more anyway just to kind of wind back so with the fasting side um I've had a few discussions with quite a lot of women that there's been a bit of a resurgence in fasting for women because there's more books that have come out on it and Mm -hmm. that's great and I'm happy for the kind of educational side to be emphasized but it still can be a bit kind of there's a protocol and there's a way that you do this and the thing for women is is you've got to take into account your your history of of kind of dieting and your relationship with food and then also things like your hormones but with one client I said I think what we need to do is see this as a way for you to 
we're really focusing on it was weight reduction fast to address inflammation. And I said, this is what we're going to do. But she actually wasn't hungry. And she was concerned that by not eating, she was starving herself and excessively dieting and it wasn't sustainable and she was going to fall off the wagon and blah, 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 blah. Totally get where that mindset came from. And we went through this process of me saying, I think actually what's happening at this point in time is your body's dealing with inflammation. It doesn't want to deal with food. It's downregulated your appetite. I think mm. listen to that. Don't do anything extreme. I don't want you feeling dizzy or tired or anything. But I think at the, this point in time, your body's asking for this situation and it can be beneficial. And there are studies on, you know, fasting and, and inflammation recovery. So I guess what I'm trying to say is my frustration is there's a really helpful science-based intervention that someone could use, except certain camps are deciding to put this tool in, you know, under a banner of it's this extreme. And I think this is where the beauty of coaching really comes in is find coaches that you trust and mm. you can then go and say like, I think I'd like to use this. I think it could work for me. However, you know, I'm, I'm worried. I've, I've read this, I've read that. I mean, a lot of the time that's what we're doing with clients is, is kind of explaining the evidence and the interventions and whether it's appropriate for them. And one of our jobs is kind of assess, well, where's your head out with this? And do you think this could trigger this or end up being like this? And, but like I said, I think the main thing that I'm doing is actually getting them to reframe and re-educate um, themselves about a lot of these interventions so that they can use them, but use them with a degree of competency mm. and not feel like it's something extreme. And if someone's to ask you about it, it's not, yeah, I'm doing this fasting because I read this book and this person said I should fast from this time to this time or, oh, I'm not fasting because that's associated with dieting and starving yeah. yourself. And I, I don't do that anymore because I love my body and... You know, like both conversations could make someone feel like they were doing something wrong. Yeah. And so that's where I think that that process is kind of really helpful. So I think if you are in a bit of a muddle with that sort of stuff, it just helps to yeah go and work with somebody one to one and have that degree of personalization. So you understand, um, but don't run a mile from anything like, yeah, you know, listening to uh, Rob Wolf actually just talk about this on his podcast about the, um, you know, the kind of anti-diet message he was just seeing some stuff on Instagram about people saying like, you know, you shouldn't diet, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't restrict food, you should eat all the food. And and the person saying it was obviously in like a high risk BMI. And and he said, I just, where's the middle ground? You know, like we, yeah. this is the next generation listening to this information and I'm all for, you know, self-love and, and body confidence. Me too. Do you know what I mean? But I don't want anyone to be in pain or, um, you know, their joints are inflamed and their skin's inflamed and all this stuff starts to really affect your self-esteem. So are you truly happy at any size? Do you see what I mean? When there's a lot of dysfunction that comes as a result of that metabolic yeah. complication that arises. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really t like tough situation, but I, I think what I'm trying to say to everyone is like, try to avoid the, every camp has its extremes. Every camp has its zealots. Yeah. It's my way or the highway. And me and you are like, no, actually, it's 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 a personalization process, but also it can evolve. So there can be times where fasting works for you. There can be times where, you know, a certain nutrition um, protocol works for you, protocol principles, whatever. And then something changed, something shifts. Could be that you've lost weight and you, and you evolve with that and you change yeah. again. And maybe you get your diet more flexible. I've often said this to some people, like we're going to go a little bit more narrow with your diet initially because we want to get you back into this like, 
um, healthy reference range with your weight and, and that's going to help with your sleep and your energy and your joint pain that you're you know really affecting your mental well-being right now. And then I'm going to get you expanding everything so this becomes something you can see yourself doing it for a long period of time. We're going to test some things. We're going to see what's your capacity to have this food or what's your kind of sweet spot with exercise before it ends up you know being too much for your joint pain and you know that there's just that that process of evolution that takes place so and actually a lot of people we follow from the beginning are kind of doing something different to what they were in the beginning and they're the best coaches the ones that put their hands up and go I tried this you know and it worked for me then but I've evolved or do you know what I was wrong on that and I'm doing this now yeah you know, or I implemented this with a ton of clients and saw these results. So I've adapted my approach and, you know, you and I steer away, you know, we've got people who we respect and even, even people that we like in this industry, but they're still putting out a very simplistic message because it's popular because it becomes hacky, you know, and it looks attractive to people. It's like complex or it's a solution that they haven't tried yet and and you and I will be like it's a shame but I get why some people go down that route like it's also hard to make the middle ground a a, a sexy message you know like we struggle with that don't we yeah I mean (laughs) but you know like to give ourselves credit like we've always kind of stayed true to it you know like we've you know we've all we've always kind of like prided ourselves on trying to make the the less sexy stuff sexy, if you will, you know, such as the the sleep, the the mindfulness, the the getting outside, walking and, and, and things like that. And that's also having tried a lot of supplements <clears throat> ourselves or people have come to us. We we get to crowdsource from clients who go, yeah. I've tried this supplement for months, it's not working. I'm like, what that I like months, it's just, you give it enough time, like jack it in, stop spending the money on it, stop wasting yeah. the money. But we tried a lot of things. We were sold some really interesting concepts and then applied it with ourselves or you know kind of clients and we're like it you know this doesn't I know there's supposed to be some evidence on this but it does not stack up in reality and I think this is another thing where it's become very sexy to be evidence-based and use the science which you know everyone is is doing but there are certain situations where I think you can be too evidence-based you know what I mean there are certain things I know that I've seen have an effect on people that we don't really have any evidence for. Yeah. You know, look at traditional herbal medicine. There's very little evidence because there's little money to be made over a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's thousands of years worth of of kind of, I guess, I'd say expertise and kind of skills and, and things that have been passed down. And it is filtering into like herbal medicine is kind of filtering into mainstream medicine a little bit. Yeah. And certain products have been pulled off the shelves and put under um, legislation. So they... Um, so they're legislated now like a drug because they are so effective as a yeah. natural product. So, yeah, there's also that element, I guess. Sorry, tangent. Go on, you were going to say something. No, I think quite just just whilst you you were talking there, I was just kind of thinking about you know like our our message, our approach, and and how we have evolved. And we've actually, you know, we're coming to the end of our uh, one of our strong sixty plans at the moment, aren't we? Which is a, a sixty day plan. Not a plan for the over sixties. Yeah, oh, yeah um, someone did ask about that. Didn't so, yeah, <laughs> and it's like no, it's because of the duration. Um, although you know, <laughs> if you are, are some, over sixty, you know, we're we're, we're here for you as we well. We do actually have some people on it who are sixty and they are smashing it. No, absolutely. Say. I mean, it's like it's it's open, <laughs> it's open to any age. Um, but yeah, so it's a, it's a sixty day plan. We're into the last kind of like couple of weeks now, um, as we as we approach the end of the year, and you know, it's it's a. You know, we're, we're proud of it, aren't we? Because it's it's based on many, many years of 
of experience and, and application of, of working with people. And it's it's something that from a from a time frame point of view, we feel is you know, 60 days is is long enough to actually experience some pretty substantial change, but it's not too long to where it's a bit like, oh, this feels quite daunting, you know, it's a really long time. Um, so we feel like it's quite a nice little middle ground. And and our approach with it has been like, okay, let's let's use what we've learned over the years and apply it in a way that that we feel is going to help people and have the biggest impact on them. But what's interesting is a big part of our approach initially is actually managing people's um, expectations a little bit because we really, really wanted to move away from that kind of all or nothing approach. Which is, which is what everyone is going to do in about two weeks' time. Exactly, exactly. And at first, like, we had to, like, curb people's enthusiasm a little bit because we were like, we know what's going to happen. You're starting this new plan. It's this new, shiny, exciting thing and you want to get the best results possible. However, look back to your past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, what's and, happened? And look at, you know, how you've approached things in the past and how that's worked out for you. The ghost of, ghost of dieting past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Oh, my days, this could be like a some social media content, like a video. It could. You have a ghost that takes you back yeah. to like Atkins. The ghost of diet past. And then the Remember time that the you... last time you did this. Yeah, do you know what? Everybody Look has. what happened. Everybody has a cottage cheese That's story. That's my ghost voice. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone I know has a cottage cheese story. Like at some point in their life, they decided to just live on cottage cheese to lose weight. I love I've got cheese. one. I decided after... I, I... It's all about you, isn't it? Yeah. But I gained weight as a teenager and I remember loads of people started commenting going, you're getting fat, you're getting fat. Just like... Just one after another, do you know what I mean? I was like, right, okay, what do I do? And then I was like, well, my mum eats cottage cheese and Rivita, but I think is grim. So I used to come home and I used to microwave half a potato in the, in the microwave. And then I used to have half a pot of cottage cheese. You used to microwave half a potato in the microwave? Yeah. That's interesting. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> microwave it in the uh, fridge. Um, and then have half a pot of cottage cheese, try not to eat the rest of the pot and save the rest of the pot for my dinner. And that was, and then I used to tell mum, I'm not having the family dinner tonight. And she would be like, mum was always trying to stop me doing stuff like this. She was like, why, why, why? But yeah. And then I went through a phase of never being able to eat cottage cheese. And, and sometimes I'd, I'd not microwave the potato properly. And you know, it's, it's hard in the oh, middle. that's the worst. But then I was like, just eat it because I can't bother to go back and change it. Yeah, you just, you and firm it. I had, a client, face. I had a client who told me that, um, he said, whenever my boyfriend wants to lose weight, he lives on cottage cheese and prawns and nothing else. That's all he eats. Wow. And then I met you and you were like, I like cottage cheese and pineapple <laughs> when I'm trying to one. bulk up. I eat lots of cottage cheese and pineapple. Everyone's got a cottage cheese toy. It's true, you know. It's true. High in protein. It's cheap. It is. It's, it's good. It's delicious. Do you know what it's really good for? It's really good for blending up with eggs and then you can make everything from like quiches to muffins, loaves, like bread alternatives. And it's like a, it doesn't taste of anything essentially. That's why we're all putting stuff in cottage cheese, trying to make it taste of something well the pineapple one needs no addition no no exactly. i think the reason as well it worked as a diet food is there's just no way you go and eat it go mad on it would you, you can't eat too much not it's only so much and a semi-cooked potato in the microwave <laughs> just just like yeah i'll leave that halfway through my nan used to make me an epic salad um which was salad cottage cheese and uh, peach slices 
Oh, wow. It's, so it's a bit nice. like the pineapple, yeah. isn't it? So but good. did she put the juice from the peach slices all over it? No. All oh, right. How do you That'd make that? weird. But then it's like a dressing or something, or is it literally just cottage yeah. cheese probably and peaches? Just, probably just drank the juice out of the tin. <laughs> what you did. Yeah. <laughs> or your nan did. did. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but, like going back to the ghost of, of dieting past, you're absolutely right. And I think what's really interesting is every time we launch a program, we have people say, I want every single bit of detail. I want to do this perfectly. Like, where is everything? And then the, then the next question thing is only like, I'm really overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. There's too yeah. much detail. And then we're like, we're together for 60 days. You don't need to do anything. You need to do, literally for the first week, we're going to hydrate. We're going to sit down together. We're going to chat. We're going to reflect on what's not worked in the past. And we're not doing all or nothing. But it's hard. I think everyone struggles because everybody is so motivated at the beginning. Mm. But there's actually research on this. I think it's like week three. And I know all the apps are doing this a lot. Like they're tracking data on people, like the weight loss apps. That it's like week three, everybody's motivation just absolutely like flaws, it wanes, but then can completely drop off because it's a bit like I'm not really seeing the results for the amount of effort that mm. I'm putting in. Um, but there's so much work for the body to do to kind of a recomposition, like yeah. turn <clears throat> you know kind of body fat into muscle. But also just kind of settle down kind of metabolically and in, in terms of inflammation and gut health. There's so much to do. And it's a bit like in a lot of other aspects of our life, we would never tackle anything like this. But with our body, I guess it comes back to I'd be the first to say I'm the same. You just lack the patience. You know, mm. when I did the fast, I was like, right, this, did this fast. I'm fixed. Right. And everyone I saw after my fast, I saw like cranial sacral therapists. Um, physio, somatic therapist, I was like, mm, my stomach still isn't quite right and this isn't right. And they were like, God, you did f seven days and you just think you're going to fix years and years worth of problems. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, yeah. And then it was just like, stop, stop chasing the results and start trying to figure out how to enjoy the journey. Yeah. And I think that's what me and you are, are kind of doing more and more is actually the, the contact time we're having with people is the most valuable thing that we can provide because we're able to say, okay, this week didn't go so well. Why is that? Okay, there wasn't the time to source good food, do an online shop, batch cook, whatever. Mm. Okay, so could we have some strategies for that not happening in the first place? Or if you overate this week, what was it? What, what was the, what was the true hunger? You know, because that's it's not hunger as such. Yeah. It's a craving, and the the hunger can be that you're so dissatisfied with other aspects of your life, and it's just that's what we're helping people to you know, kind of find. And in the meantime, your environments are just keeping you accountable to making the better decisions. Yeah. So that's why we'll often say like where you're working or what's in the fridge, what's your food horizon, like this, these environments are going to be so powerful in influencing your decisions across the day. So like, let's make some changes there. And then you don't set yourself up for such a challenge. Like we can all be bad for that. You know, it's like we want to give something up, but we stockpile it and put it <laughs> in yeah. the kitchen cupboard yeah. anyway. And that's the thing. Like, there's nothing wrong with, like, acknowledging, like, behaviours because it's like I'm someone who I consider myself pretty disciplined generally, you know, when it comes to my training, when it comes to my nutrition. I'm, you know, not all the time. and But I will be the first one to say I can't have certain things in. Yeah. Because I would just eat them. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, so the, the discipline for me comes um, comes into not actually getting them in the first place. Well, like you know if, I mean? if you know that there's a situation that will cause an emotion, then don't have food and things around that will 
you'll use to basically blunt and escape that emotion. So the kind of classic there is if you get really stressed at work, mm. don't put like sweets and chocolate in your drawer. Yeah. If you're working from home, do you need to have a little bit of a rejig um, on that? And a great one is like, I um, was sleep deprived last week and um, it really wound me up. It was like I had a really rough night in my stomach for no rhyme or reason. I'd honestly come in, eaten, I think, some some fish and a, a little bit of greens. I'd done yin yoga. I'd done breath work. I'd done a meditation before bed. The worst night ever. Oh. Like, and I was so, like, I woke up angry because I was like, and yeah. it comes back to, like, you do it one <laughs> night. You're you know, <laughs> the amount of effort I put in. Yeah. But I thought it's interesting that, it was just the worst night and I was like waking and wide awake and I got to that point where, you know, I think I got up at half three in the end and sat there and then just had like a triple espresso because I was like, I'm going to need this to get through the day. I can't remember where I was going with this. Oh yeah, that day I just knew there's only one food that I'm going to need to eat a ton of and it's just protein. And I just went and brought myself some cottage cheese. No, I didn't really. <laughs> some prawns. I don't believe it. <laughs> I did go and get... Um, some turkey, I got like turkey, avocado, rocket, I think for my breakfast. And then I had like prawns and some salad, but I had like double the portion I'd normally have of prawns. And then I just snacked on some chicken. Like I literally took my protein so high because I couldn't satiate my appetite because of the sleep deprivation. And you're always slightly, your blood sugars, not only do they not re regulate as well, so you're going to be hungrier, but you know, you might be more prone to kind of blood sugar roller coasters. So I did quite a lot of walking and got fresh air. Um, and managed to kind of save the day. And then I actually did, this is a little bit random, but we ended up doing a 24-hour fast, didn't I, to try and mm. calm my stomach down, which I think was kicking off as a result of, we'd actually been to a Christmas party and I basically just ate some things I shouldn't have done. I got to a point where I was like, sod it. But um, we did a 24-hour fast. And again, that actually helped immensely with my stomach and I slept really, really well. And that's yeah. what I say about like these things, that, but I haven't done one since. I might do another one this week, but I just did one that week. And it really helped. And it, there's actually information on like with IBS flares, just fast. Mm. Um, and it will make your eating window a lot shorter. So I've done that some days. I have a really early dinner, like four o'clock, and that really yeah. helps. But just kind of going back to the tools, and this is where we'll be coaching people that week. And I'll say like anyone sleep deprived or super stressed, just get a ton of cooked, easy access protein in that fridge. Yeah. And if you're hungry, just eat the protein. Keep it a bit plain because then it it does fill you up. Like I was eating plain turkey. And there is only so much plain turkey you can eat mm. before your brain goes, yeah, this isn't Yeah. And like That's you know, enough of that. If I'd wrapped it in bacon, it'd be another story. Yeah. But I just eat plain turkey and so I don't deprive myself. I'll eat and eat and eat. But literally you do get to about hundred grams and you're just chewing going, that'll do. Well I suppose it's like being able to move away from that oh um I didn't sleep well. I'm really tired. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's why I'm eating these foods and, and drinking all the caffeine and whatever. Justifying it. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, no, like there needs to be like a pattern interrupt, if you will, and go, no, actually, that's what I normally do. And it doesn't really help me. So I'm going to, even though that's what I really, really want. Yeah. Because I'm knackered. It's like, no, no, do this instead, which won't feel as fun, but it's going to serve you better. Um but just going back to, you know, like what we were saying about like the overwhelm thing is what we actually did with uh, Strong 60 is we prov we drip fed the content, didn't we, every week. And what we found was is when some people were trying to get ahead of themselves, we're like, don't need to worry about that. 
because that's not on your focus points, one of your focus points for this week. Yeah, yeah. And at first I think people would be like, oh, but I want to know, I want to know. But then actually they welcomed it. It was like, oh, it's actually really nice just having like yeah, yeah. two or three focus points for the week that we then build on as, as the weeks have, you, go on. You have to bet it in as a habit. Like, yeah. Otherwise you're just faking it. You know, mm. you're just piling in a to-do list that at some point will get unsustainable and that's when we all crash because we're like, oh, it's not... So you have to bed it in as a habit so that it becomes second nature and then yeah. you're able to just kind of add to that. But people like to go jump to the the macros or the, you know, I, I want to know my calories and we cover all that. But I, I'm just like, initially, I think it's, it's, it is things like, let's just focus on like protein, let's just focus on fresh air and walking yeah. because there's just loads of research about how that's going to change you physically across the day, your mood, your blood sugar regulation. So that actually you can be more flexible with your diet, whereas... If we deprive ourselves really fast, which is going to happen in January, our mood is going to come down like quickly. There is nothing to look forward to. You know, it's it's been really nice actually. I've had some clients contact me about one to one that I've started working with in December, and it's really rewarding because they wanted to get ahead of January. Yeah. But what's really nice is they're in a stride already before Christmas of the key habits that are going to get them through Christmas. And there's no, there's not going to be the same kind of like weight gain over Christmas. There's not going to be the same mood crash, you know, on New Year's Day yeah. where you're like, oh, I've got to give all this up now. So they're still enjoying themselves. They're having little bits and bobs. There's yeah. a glass of wine, there's chocolate, there's all these things, but there's just that awareness, that consciousness. But there's also a lot of good stuff going on in terms of like structured exercise mm. sessions, meeting their protein targets. One client fed back to me this week and said, I always fear hunger and like often try and have a late night snack because I don't want to be hungry before bed. And I've just ramped up the protein and I can't even believe the difference. Like yeah. I'm really struggling to finish my dinner. And some people come to us, don't they? And go, it's too hard. It's too much protein. I don't like eating that much protein. I can't, can't finish my plate. And I'm like, but that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the good thing. Because if we don't finish, if we, otherwise we just head to the snack cupboard later. And you know what the snacks look like. Do you know what I mean? They're not kind of, uh, it's not like it's a edamame beans and soy sauce. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's never anything that, that could be considered a, a good snack, especially late at night. It's always, yeah. And then the final thing I'm going to say, and then we should probably wrap up just in the time, is um, it's also about as a couple or like as partners as family, like doing this as a bit of a team. Mm. So again, we've had some people say I've roped in my partner, um, which has been really nice to see because I would really struggle with some of the things I have to do if I didn't have your support. But even recently I said to you, would you, <laughs> you've actually said no, so we're, we're negotiating this. But I'm like, could you not come down in the morning <laughs> so that I can, I said, can you get your cup of tea and go back up to bed so that I come down and actually do my mobility first thing? Because the bedroom's too small, so I can't do it there. But if you're here, I get so tempted to natter. So it's a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> well, but the other thing is I can't blame you for wanting to talk to me I I've set up my music a lot of great chat <laughs> and then the other one I set up start off with like cat cow and then Hamish is like suddenly doing a downward dog underneath me because he's like well this is a chance for Tommy Rob so then he flips onto his back and I can't resist I'm just like it's so cute I yeah. don't know how people do this with kids around because I can see how you just get derailed into like playing. Like yeah. it's, it's fun, but I'm like, I need to do these stretches else I'll pay for it later in terms of like my dodgy hip. So I said to you, you know, can you can you take your cup of tea upstairs and do Wordle? Like in my defense, you're only doing Wordle, so you could do that upstairs in bed and then I do my stretches and then I'll go, you can come down now. 
you should get up earlier. Oh, I knew you were going to say so that. So you're done with it by the time I get up to do my work. There you go. How about that? If I could, if I could get my sleep sorted, I will get up earlier. Okay. okay. Or maybe I'll get up earlier and do my work earlier. Yeah. There you go. And then you or we can out, take it in turns. You could be out on a run. Blimey. Run with the dog. Actually, take the dog out. Yeah, and then I can yeah. I can do my stretches. We'll we'll talk about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just think like. Um, kind of lost my train of thought a little bit, like because I was trying to like, um, I suppose like highlight why you know like the, the approach to strong sixty has been so different. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like and, a, the culmination of our evolution. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and another one, and this is a big one. And we've spoken about this a hell of a lot. Is is managing people's expectations with regards to kind of having a clear run at something? You know, it's like, you know, it's a sixty day plan, but you know apply it to any duration of any plan that you're doing like people need a reality check in that it's not like oh i need to wait for a moment in my life where i'm going to have a clear run of 60 days where nothing's going to go wrong everything's going to be uh, as a, you know smooth sailing and i can really fully commit to this plan it's like no because that will never ever happen like there are going to be bumps in the road whether you like it, it or you know not what? it does happen for 30 days in January, and that's why I think people can do so many things in January that they can't do the rest of the year. Mm, yeah, no, what I mean is, no one really goes out. Yeah, I hear so, you. But it's like, not a good. It's not a good test bed for. No, it's not. No. It's, it's not. But equally, even so, like the amount of people I know that are doing dry Jan, they last two weeks yeah. for one reason or another. Like, and that's fine. Like, but all I'm saying is, is like you, you've got to be willing to deal with the bumps in the road. You know, whilst being on a journey of, of, of positive change, whatever that may look like. Um, you know, I, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a great example, actually. I started um, running this year um, and I got like a, a coach to, to, to do my uh, running plan. He goes by the name of Mike Fan. You should check him out on Instagram. Um, he's been absolutely amazing for me. And obviously, I'm not a I'm not a runner as such. You know, I'm not terrible at running, but I'm not exactly built for it. But what Mike did is he started me off with a 5K time trial. And then there was obviously um, a running program that I was following, you know, and it had like, like split times, et cetera, et cetera. And then it ended with another 5K time trial with a view that obviously I would have improved and I could run it faster. However, in that program, um, I, I got a man flu, which, which massively derailed me. I got injured you know, in the process as well, like just lifting too heavy in the gym. And as such, you know, I could not follow this plan to the letter. You know, there were bumps in the road, there were delays. I had to have some time off. I had to build myself back up again. And at first it was frustrating because it's like, oh, I want to follow the plan. I must stick to the plan. You know, like I want to show my commitment. But that's just not the way life goes. You know, like we can have all the, the best intentions in the world, but life is going to happen, whether it is injury, illness, stress, workload, sleep deprivation, like wh whatever it may be, like we've got to be able to, to take these in our stride and 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 have the, the headspace and the tools essentially to be able to adapt. And it's the exact same with, you know, a, a transformation plan, if you will. Yeah, if it's a 60-dayer, a 12-weeker, a 12-monther, like we did last year, um, or this year even. Um, you know, that, that's that's another that's another story. It's like there are going to be bumps in the road. There are going to be setbacks. There are going to be obstacles. And the sooner you start looking at those as something that are just going to always be there, regardless of, of your intention, the better. Yeah, I think it comes back to like acceptance, doesn't it? And 
we can do ourselves a lot of harm reacting and being angry and resentful about a situation yeah. or we can accept it. And then it's like you said, it comes back to what can I control in this situation? What can I do that's proactive? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, in, in, can I, can I mitigate this in future? Yes. But there will, like you said, there will always be those, those times, those situations. Yeah. So it's like a damage control exercise as well. For sure. Um, but you know, and our bodies are resilient. So the other thing to always remember is like our bodies can tolerate it to a certain point. And then it's going to feedback that it's had enough. Yeah, it's and like hang about. Yeah, and then it's up to us to go, okay, that's the feedback. I need to listen. So, like, you know, our message to you, Fit is, is like, you know, this, this festive period over Christmas, over New Year, like invest some serious time, you know, in some proper blue sky thinking, some time on your own even, and and ask yourself the the question, you know, like what, you know, what, what do I want? You know, what, what's well, going to... I guess think about, we, we talked about things like, your sense of purpose yeah. your what you love getting out of bed for every single day what about your environments like which environments and environments are sort of lumped together sometimes with the people that you're spending time for with sure which ones excite you lift you energize you motivate you which ones drag you down hold you back make you feel bad about yourself almost keep you in a state of like stasis you know like you just mm. can't you can't grow you can't evolve and you know we've seen some people do some incredible stuff and it's a, it's a chicken and egg. Like they end up getting their nutrition together, exercising, building confidence, building self-esteem, yeah. and then take bigger jumps in their life. Yeah. You know, whether it be go for jobs, go job interviews, change careers, leave relationships, start relationships, start dating. It's amazing, but it's all, it's like we say, it's like a bit of a pyramid, isn't it? We start with the base, like get mm. the essentials in place. And then the next bit can be like. But you almost don't want to overthink that stuff, do you? Because it's almost like, because then it can get overwhelming in terms of like, oh, what do, what, what do I need to do yeah. first? Yeah, Where's yeah, the best yeah, place yeah. to start? It's almost like just give yourself that, you know, detach yourself from the noise and just think it through, flesh it out, pen and paper, write it down. Was, you know it, what I mean? was it you were told to do? I think a few people have said there's a book. Is it like 12-hour walk? You go for a 12-hour walk. Yeah. I think there's a book on it. You can listen on Audible. It'll be an epic step count. Yeah, and you go for a 12-hour walk. And most people say go to the coast or some woodland or mm. something and just walk and contemplate everything. But I think... We tend to do this like New Year's Day, don't we? But we were saying we're going to try and book in because Christmas is on a weekend. Each Sunday, try and do, because that would be Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve. Try and do yeah. our, our big Sunday walk. Get up really early, go for like four or five hours, take some snacks with us and just, yeah, just flesh stuff out. And it's good to do that stuff on your own. And, yeah. and so you can also really have the time to think about it and make some decisions off the back of that and then of course like it might and in that just always think about looking after your health because none of it matters without that no none of it's happening without that so just factor in that kind of self-care health care self-care health care self-care health care and you know if you do happen to have a uh, new year's goal like we mentioned earlier like you know Visit the uh, the ghost of diet in past, and <laughs> and you know look to approach things in a different way. And if we can help you in any way, it would be our absolute pleasure. So please do get in touch. In fact, we'll no doubt be um, well. We will be starting a new strong sixty in the new year, won't we? We will indeed. And it is amazing. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. But guys, hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, we wish you all a very very merry Christmas and a, and a happy new year. And we'll no doubt see you, or we might see you before the year's out. I'll yeah. speak to you or be on your, in your eardrums, in your ear rolls. Possibly. If not, see you in 2024. Ooh. Bye. Bye.